0: Welcome to Write for Joy. My name's Allie Cross. I'm a USA Today best-selling author and certified life coach. I have chased joy my whole life until one day I realized I already had it. I found my joy, and now my goal is to help you find yours. Joy is all around us, so let's see if we can grab some of it for ourselves today. I'm Ali Cross, and this is write for joy. Hi, everybody. I am back with a wonderful guest. This is Tamara Grantham. Hello. Hello. Um, Tamara is the author of more than a dozen books. So Tamara writes fantasy for middle grade through Mm -hmm. adult readers. I did quotation marks on the middle grade um, just because I know personally, as a reader of fantasy, we read yes. middle grade through adults. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Read them all because
1: right, yeah, we just
0: enjoy clean fantasy and mm-hmm. um and a lot of amazing stories are happening in middle grades. And Tamara is no slouch. She's launched to number one Amazon and Barnes and Noble. It's one thing to become a bestseller in your niche but to watch as a bestseller on barnes and noble is an art form so congratulations <laughs> thank you too. thank and
1: you
0: also wow i've seen that you had won one round award but you have actually won two, two. Um, yeah which is amazing congratulations
1: mm-hmm. yeah wow. that's kind of a recent win so i haven't updated oh. the bio everywhere yet
0: yeah oh that's mm-hmm. super cool and she's won Indie Fab's Book of the Year Award. Like like I said, this lady's hot stuff. So let's all read and buy her books. She's oh, a native Texan who now lives in Kansas with her hubby and five mm-hmm. kids. Um, oh, and six pets. What do you have? What kind of, well, I guess I should with- also ask about the kids if I'm going to ask about the pets. <laughs> You've got four boys and one girl I know of the children. Yes. What pets mm-hmm. do you have?
1: We've got three cats and three dogs. Okay. Um, two of our dogs are brother and sister, and they're Husky. They're a Husky-Pyrenees mix. So they are yeah, very...
0: Productive. Yeah. They're probably like having two adi- additional children.
1: Yeah, actually, one of them's scratching at the door right now. So... <laughs> <laughs>
0: I thought when I read six pets that you know, like maybe there would be a cat and a dog and then there would be turtles and lizards and stuff, but three cats and three no. dogs that's a yeah. I hope you have a big house um, yeah, well, it doesn't feel big enough, <laughs> right um I remember when my boys became teenagers, and suddenly my house felt so small, yes. All of a sudden they were men-sized. Mm-hmm. And of course, right. at that age, they still are kind of lanky and don't even really know their own size. Yeah. It's no, it's... They took up a lot of space.
1: So my daughter is the second oldest, and she was the tallest. She was taller than yeah. all her brothers because she hit her growth spurt when she was like in fourth grade. Girl she too. was so proud of that fact that she was taller than her brothers. <laughs> and now and now two of her brothers are like a head taller than she is. Uh-huh. And it's just, so, it's just something. And you know. Are they
0: all at home? They're all living at home still, right?
1: Yes, they are. Um, except my senior is getting ready to leave for Guatemala on his mission. Oh. So oh, that'll happen in, in August. Mm-hmm. Oh,
0: that's that's awesome. Good for yeah. him. Thank you, Going out and doing yes. that. he'll do a lot of good there like that's more than just knocking on doors that's, that's hard true. work he'll be doing it there. Is. Mm-hmm. yeah that's that's awesome yeah um let's see what else can i tell our listeners about this so she doesn't have many of them but when she does have free time she loves nature walks and of course she's a star wars and star trek fan i gotta ask though <laughs> star trek or star wars had to choose That's an
1: Im- it's an impossible question uh, it really is <laughs> so true I, I can't. think
0: I tend to lean on the Trekkie side but it could just be because I've had way more Star Trek than Star Wars there's just mm-hmm. yeah so many like, more
1: hours when, of- when I'm watching Star Trek I'm a big the big Star Trek fan and when I'm watching <laughs> Star Wars I switch and then I'm suddenly a Star Wars fan so that was about right. Yeah, <laughs> just so fine. hard. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um. So, is there anything you'd like to say about you or your books before we jump into the interview?
1: This isn't exactly about me, but it's kind of more about you because I uh-huh. took a class from you from Storymakers uh, 2014-ish. I guess I hadn't published anything yet, and I wanted to know more about indie publishing. And this was kind of like one of those life-changing moments when I, when I went that to that class.
0: With Rochelle
1: Workman? Yes. Wow, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because until then, I didn't really have a very positive view of self-publishing. My sister had self-published a book and she didn't do very well. And it just kind of gated me towards it to, to think that I'm just gonna get an agent and I'm gonna only publish with the big publishers. Yeah and when i took your class it really opened my eyes and i was kind of like you know what there are other paths out there and i don't think i would have pursued um publishing with well i I published with like smaller publishers first and now i'm trying to jump into self-publishing so i'm gonna have a lot of questions for you at some point
0: (laughs) well i i have a lot to say on the subject I could talk a whole long time about indie publishing and I'm so happy to hear that because you know how it is when you do a thing, when we write a book, when we put stuff out onto the interwebs or anywhere where it leaves us. Mm -hmm. And then we may never talk to another person who ever saw that class or um, ever read that Mm -hmm. book or whatever. And you
1: don't know. You don't. And as the internet so is great, and it's great things. that we can put our books out there. But you're right; we we kind of lose that face to face interaction. We don't we don't know who's read our books, and we don't know yeah. what kind of impact we've made, unless they've come and told us, which is pretty or rare. They left
0: a review, um, or left a review, whatever kind of author you are nowadays. Authors are we're always having to harp on the please leave a review, you know, and I. I feel a lot of mm-hmm. times like we're that you know trained puppy dog at the corner is like begging for reviews and and it does start to feel I I feel maybe a little disingenuous or something uh, yeah because, because uh, maybe readers think that we are begging for reviews because that's how we sell books and it is true that is the more reviews we have the better mm-hmm. informed another reader can be and. Honestly, whether it's a negative or positive review, it still equals the more likely a person is to pick up your book. It's right. a weird dichotomy, but it's a truth mm-hmm. of our industry. But mm-hmm. it's also the way that we as authors can communicate, albeit one way, because Amazon, for instance, does not allow us to respond to comments um, I think some authors were naughty with it in the early days because we used to be able to respond. Um, mm-hmm. I know re- when I first released my first vampire book, I got a most excellent review that was like sort of negative, but it was because I mishandled the blood. And I hadn't even thought of it. I just had the pop in blood and- into the microwave, right? And uh-huh. and this person told me and and I wanted to respond, like to ask for more information, like because they seemed so knowledgeable and helpful, you know? Uh-huh. And I couldn't respond. So it was so frustrating. But if that if that person ever listens to any of my stuff going forward, I totally went and researched it. And because uh-huh. I'm an indie, I was able to go back and fix how they handled blood in that novel, and now they oh, handle nice. it properly. But, um, but, but it you, is a way. <laughs> it's a one-way
1: like conversation. Like, you wish you is. could go back and say, look, I was able to fix this because of your comment, because exactly. of your review. Because
0: like, that's big to me, because mm-hmm. I'm sure if that person took the time to comment on that, many other people would have felt the same way and thought less. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. because because of that thing. And you know, it was a good lesson for me all around because now I know not to take anything for granted, <laughs> even mm-hmm. if yes. it's how people warm up blood. But mm-hmm. um, but I I do love reviews. Like I know you hear a lot of times people say, Don't read your reviews, like just stay out of them because the negative ones can hurt our hearts sometimes. Right. But I actually read them because it helps me know. Um, like what I'm doing well and yes. where I can mm-hmm. improve.
1: Do you read your reviews? Um, I haven't recently. I I've kind of the the last time I read my reviews, I actually made my husband read them, uh-huh. <laughs> and so he so he was like um, editing as he went, you know, right. and saying, "Oh, this is a good one. Let me read this one." And he wasn't just reading only the good ones. We found yeah. some pretty we we found some um pretty valuable feedback also um and we also found some hilarious ones yeah like i got a one-star review because their kindle had updated and they didn't like the new format so oh. they gave
0: my book a one-star review i found a few of those as well I mean, yeah this is on my kindle and i don't know how I got there <laughs>
1: So and you get a one star for for okay. that, okay. So anyway, yeah. um, yeah. So that was the last time I read my reviews. And I think it was a good way to do it, to have somebody else yeah. read them and just kind of filter. Because you're right, it hurts your heart. Some it of those- really
0: can. I think maybe I'm, I've been in it long enough that I'm jaded. <laughs> I can read the Which one I stars. Mean,
1: you've, you've got a thick skin, but, but there are sometimes those negative reviews that just kind of stick out and you're like, oh, ouch.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's true. true. But um mm-hmm. I've I've had some fun with my negative reviews. Mm-hmm. So uh but that's a whole other story. And honestly, I'm not like normally a sarcastic person, but um I have had some fun making memes like uh you know yeah. things, posts or whatever out of negative reviews yes. because mm-hmm. I know that the things that were negative are actually going to be selling points. Mm-hmm. Or because else. people want to be like oh let me go check that book out and see the right. other reviews like, like mm-hmm. I, I i got a review one time about this is just another twilight whatever and i'm like really you thought it was like twilight <laughs> i couldn't put twilight down so i'm gonna right. use that. yeah well <laughs> so it, it's kind of fun but um but i do think that we often as writers just never never know um mm-hmm. so thank you this is all back to the thing a 10-minute conversation <laughs> started from one comment um this is fairly right. par for the course for me so um and really no I like knows, how they probably laughed their yeah. heads off when they found out I was going to do a 10-minute podcast <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry I talked over you sorry
1: what were you going to say no I was just agreeing with you and I was saying oh. this is I like the organic, like, let's take the conversation wherever it goes, you know? All right.
0: Let's do that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. We don't need to be Mm -hmm. constrained by any rules, man. Yes. Down with rules. (laughs) So back to the rules. Um, I did want to talk about joy because Mm -hmm. um, as we talked a little bit before we got started, our world is so full of all of the things that are hard. And Mm -hmm know that life is hard that so um and being a writer especially where it can be such a solitary thing and we very rarely know if it matters yeah. at all um, yes mm-hmm. i wanted to focus for just a couple of minutes on what has us coming back to it day after day and mm-hmm. i hope that for most of us it's not because we're masochists it's because we find joy in this. This Yes,
1: venture. absolutely.
0: So first off, I want to know, how would you define joy?
1: Well, I think joy, as opposed to something like a temporary happiness, joy for me is something that lasts. And it's something deeper than just temporary happiness or temporary pleasure. Joy is something that you find you find it deep within so even if you're having a bad day or you know something doesn't go right you can still feel joy from certain places so you know your family or your, your hobbies like writing um and so for me I think that would be it got
0: me excited for a minute as we were talking before because I, I mentioned crochet, crochet. And I'm like oh let's talk about <laughs> <Which is> crochet it's just crochet not yet anyways no, sorry Hold
1: on. My mom does, and she tried to teach me when I was a teenager, and I'm still determined to go back and figure it out. But I, but I like writing too much, so I spend my time yeah. writing. <laughs> but can or you write no
0: play- in front of the television?
1: I don't write, write in front play- of the television. television? See, crochet—it's
0: a wonderful thing to do when you're yeah is there star Trek I mean on repeat not the first time obviously
1: yeah no that's a really good point and that's kind of it, why I wanted to learn to do it because I think it would really be helpful to just keep my hands busy while I'm watching TV yeah.
0: I, I crochet and like you my mom was this like brilliant crocheter when I was a girl I, she passed away when I was 19 so I mm. missed my chance you know because I was mm-hmm. not Who cares about that when you're a teenager? But as an adult, it's given me a lot of pleasure and Mm -hmm. a little bit feeling like when I crochet, I feel a little closer to my mom. You know,
1: right? That's so nice. I know
0: that she would be pleased that I'm making baby blankets for Mm -hmm. all the babies. You know, oh, yeah, that's really
1: nice.
0: So I bet your mom would just feel like she does love me.
1: That's true. When
0: we try to get our children to pursue any of the things that we enjoy. I don't know about you, but I had zero luck getting my
1: (laughs) kids to do what I enjoy. But I I always felt like that would make me feel so loved. (laughs) I did. I tried one summer. My kids, they were younger. My oldest was probably like 10 or so. And and I tried to sit down and I'm like, let's just write a one page short story. it can be whatever you want it to be. That's the great thing about writing is you can just come up with your own rules. I mean, they weren't super into it, um, but I think maybe it sparked something. I think the actual writing it down part was harder than they thought it would be. Yeah, because they would because they could come up with these ideas. But when they when they had to translate that onto the paper, it was harder than they thought, and they just kind of lost interest.
0: And isn't that just the truth of writing? I mean, yeah, we all just... suffer that. Uh-huh. Uh, even uh-huh. after, like all of the number of books that we've written, I would bet that both of us could agree that still starting a new story or yes. trying to get a certain plot twist or something that we've imagined. Mm-hmm. To, right. it to actually behave on paper is i don't know why yeah. it's like wrangling some weird otherworldly it's beast. True. it's so strange. it is, it is. but maybe one it, of your children will grow up to be this like you know internationally best-selling like a maybe and
1: maybe he- we'll see <laughs> we'll see
0: so I want to know I think I already have such a wonderful idea or view of where you find joy in your writing but Mm-hmm. I will let's talk about that so where do you Tamara find joy
1: in your writing so I think I I think I'll go back in history and talk about why I started writing yeah, because please. When I started writing, I was at home with three little kids, um, ages one, three, and five. And my husband was doing his residency training in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We had just moved there. I didn't know a lot of people. Um, the people I did know were really nice. I just (laughs) want (laughs) to say, but it was just hard. It was really hard because I was basically alone all day with three little kids. And I felt like I was losing my mind. I was just, um, changing diapers and doing dishes and all these repetitive things that never ended, and I was just depressed and not happy. And I read Jessica Day George's Princess at the Midnight Ball. My friend loaned it to me, so I see I had really good friends. <laughs> and I read it, and I thought, you know, I have had stories running around in my head for so long. Why don't I just write them down? Um, and my husband was on board too because he's kind of. He's always wanted to be a writer, but he didn't have time for it at all. He was working eighty-hour weeks. He's yeah. and but he challenged me, and he's like, "Okay, the, this is your word count." You know, he, like oh, he, he got back to all the things. Yes, mm-hmm. and so I sat down and I wrote that book in a month, and um, I mean, it was <laughs> it was my first book, and I was not filtering anything. It was just this free flowing, you know, but I wrote it and I thought that
0: it was forgiven that you ended up writing a trilogy and it was forgiven. Yeah. So Cameron yeah. talks a little bit about this in her about section on her webpage. And it's an uh-huh. interesting read for those of you that be interested in it. You should read what she says about it. Yeah,
1: it was. Um, it was the first time since my husband had started his residency, that I felt that real sense of joy and pride in something that I was doing. Not that raising kids didn't give me joy, but at that point in your life, when you've got little, you know, young children like that, it is really hard to see the big picture, you know, and it is really hard to think, why am I doing this? You know, what's the purpose now I do now that sure. my eighteen year old is about to go on his mission to Guatemala, and he's you know graduated high school and he's going to be going to college and so, now I can see, okay, I'm really glad that I was there for my kids. Um, yeah. but at th- that point in my life, it was just it it was just really hard, and well, I needed that, that
0: that thing that we experience, and I think it's fairly universal of setting our own ego and self aside for pure service, like the raising of our children when they're that little, and we're not getting a lot of feedback mm-hmm. in the sort of way that humans create feedback, right. like, hey, you're doing a great job. Keep going. Exactly. You know, uh-huh.
1: It's
0: just it's service. And, and we do set ourselves aside for that, which is not a bad thing. But for some of us, and I was definitely when I started writing when my boys were two, but for some women we need just a little more a little something that we can mm-hmm. like a a rope dangling in the yes. well that we just hold on to that this is me and and that it's that okay yeah personal identity it's
1: yes it's okay to take that time for yourself because in turn it makes you a better mother
0: yeah and for it, sure. makes,
1: it makes me happier um and i know i was a better mother because of it and, um, you know, now my younger, I have five kids at the time I had three, now I have five. So my younger two, they've never known a mom who didn't write. Like that's yeah. just always been who their mom is. And I feel like I'm setting a good example for them by doing that. Like they can see mom has goals. Mom is accomplishing her goals. And you know, mom, And it, it just gives me a little more to my identity. Not that being a mom is not that's like the best identity I could have but yeah
0: and I did want to talk about that for just a quick second because Mm -hmm. I would never I am a mom who wanted to be a whole lot more of a mom and only managed to have I had twins one pregnancy managed Mm -hmm. to make it and it was that one I would have had a house full if I could have my next door neighbor is one of those amazing moms who was all in all Mm the time and if you are that kind of woman, then I think that that is your special gift. Like that is yes. a gift, like a spiritual gift. That mm-hmm. you have. I didn't have that as much as I wished I could have had more kids. Um, I was yeah. definitely a person who needed to know who Allie was. Mm-hmm. Apart from Ali the mom, even though yes. I was a thousand percent all in on being right. a mom. Right. I just also needed... You know, and it's, I didn't feel, and I'm sure you would feel the same. It wasn't about taking time away from our kids because I wrote when they napped, like yeah. or during quiet time, you know, mm-hmm. and
1: early wrote, in the morning before they're up or late at night yeah. after they're in bed. Yep. In the mm-hmm. carpool line at yeah. karate or whatever
0: sport, you know? Mm-hmm. So there's ways that you can still, if, if you need that outlet, like, Tamara and I did apparently. You know, Mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with grabbing it. If you don't, and you don't feel that need to like, oh, there must be something wrong with me because I am just happy being a mom, (laughs) then don't worry about like that is amazing
1: that -hmm. you
0: can just love what you're doing. But some of us need to to look a little harder to find that extra Mm -hmm. to really round out our experience as young moms. Yes. that's me on my mm-hmm.
1: my pe- on my pedestal. No, no, and I, I totally I totally agree with you, and that's why I did bring up the crochet thing because, you know, even if it's not writing, it can be crocheting, it can be playing the piano. You know, there's there's all yeah. these things that um, you can really enrich, and I feel like they do enrich your the motherhood experience, and they enrich your children in the process. Yeah,
0: I agree. Mm-hmm. Also with the. Um, what I feel I taught my sons because I was pursuing my own dreams. Mm -hmm. I feel like they grew up with a respect, uh like with with greater respect of me and my and they learned that if they wanted something, all they don't just sit around and go, I wish I was. You go Mm -hmm. try it. And you and maybe you discover you love it and you work at it that a thing Mm -hmm. takes a lot of work but has a lot of value so I think it's been a great um like you said it it, I'm not sorry for the things that my working Mm -hmm. taught my kids and again I did it again Tamara I did the quotes and I don't want anybody (laughs) to think like
1: working is also bad
0: um because
1: we're just trying you know, to be the best moms we it's, can, darling. It. It's it's such a tricky balance. I think it's tricky for everybody. Every mother out there has to, you know, find this balance between yeah, the, what how much am I giving to my kids? Which is, in the beginning, I was think oh, I'm just going to give everything to my kids, but you can't do that. That doesn't last. You, well, you want everything. <laughs> yeah. No, and you. And and that can lead to, you know, being like a helicopter parent. I don't want to, I don't want to do that. I want to let them have their own experiences and make their own, you know, they can fall down and get hurt and figure out, okay, next time I've got to walk a little caref- more carefully this time without me being there, you know, hovering over them. So um, I, I think now looking back, I have this perspective of how grateful I am for the balance that I found, Mm -hmm. but at the time, that was something I really struggled with.
0: Yeah. Well, and you were really blessed. I want to like applaud your husband for being Mm -hmm. as supportive and encouraging as he was. Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) Yes. Mm -hmm. I had this passion for um, English literature, for reading, and I really wanted to continue learning more about that topic about literature about reading and then about writing also um and so writing was just it was natural for me to want to just gravitate to to writing novels which is what I did so So
0: um, now that you like you've laid the groundwork that's how you came into it so where do you find your mm -hmm. joy now in your writing
1: yeah um you know things have have changed and shifted um i really sometimes i have to take a step back because i will get so obsessed about marketing are my books doing well enough um what if nobody's reading my book you know just all these thoughts that get in my head that really start to wear down that joy that i get from just writing and so i really do sometimes i have to just take a step back and be like look I'm not doing this for the accolades. I'm not doing this for the money. I'm not, I'm not doing it for anybody else, but me. I'm happy when other people read my books. Um, But the truth is I started doing this because I found joy in writing and telling those stories and using my creativity. And so sometimes I just have to take a step away from all the others, all the other noise and just come back to writing. And um, I, I write because I love the creativity. I write fantasy because I love that I can um, create these worlds and make up my own um, rules. And it's just, for me, that is like one of the best ways for me to just use my creativity. And then when other people read it and enjoy it too, that's just like the carry on top. But I'm not, (laughs) you know, like if an artist paints a picture you can immediately see it. Anybody else coming in can immediately see it and appreciate it. All they have to do is look at it at once. But when an when a, uh, author writes a book, it takes time to go through for a reader to go through and read the whole book and enjoy it. Um, and so I don't think artists paint to never show anybody. And I don't think writers write. I mean, there there probably are some writers out there who just write for themselves and you know, as a therapeutic thing to get things off their chest, but most writers, I think, probably write because they want people to read their stuff. Yeah, and so um, for me, I do. I want people to read my stuff, and I want them to enjoy it. And um, but I have to be careful because I don't want to get into that that cycle of. If nobody's reading my books, then what's the point? I can't get it. it's, it kills my creativity and it kills my joy. So I just have to take a step back sometimes and be like, okay, I'm writing because I love this and because it gives me joy and because I love creating characters and I love creating these worlds they're in and um, people will read it when they read it, but I'm not going to, you know, get so obsessed about it that I just forget the reason why I write. Yeah,
0: I had so many thoughts while you were talking, how our joy can be sort of um, grow exponentially as people read it and love it. It adds to our joy, but it isn't the source of our joy in what we Mm -hmm. do. Um, Yeah, I think every writer, especially when faced with the big old question about social media, which Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, it is a reality, regardless of your path to publication. Um, and I think we all have to ask, like, why are we writing? And we, I think, like you said, we all are in this because we want people to read. But if our audience never grew from what it is right now, would we still write? And if the answer is yes, I would show up to write stories for the readers I have right now then mm-hmm. it kind of eases the stress of the you must social media, you know, you must right. market. Um, mm-hmm. And then it makes marketing, a l- changes your perspective about marketing just a little bit. Yes, yeah. mm-hmm. then you're just wanting to find more people who would love your story, like, like you and your readers love your story, and less about the, um, you know, it's like being a fisherman versus being a whaler or something you yeah. know like where you're mm-hmm. just having those big nuts nothing I feel I in my head like all these things telling me oh you don't want to say that because you're gonna offend all the people who do like net fishing you know <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I don't mean that but hopefully <laughs> the analogy you sort of
1: works I don't know. yeah but, and uh, I think it's got to do with your perspective you know like You want people to find your books because you feel like they would enjoy it and that it would enrich their lives. Um, But then again, when you go out and do the social media thing, sometimes you really do feel like you're just like, oh, buy my books, buy my books, you know, and it's just it's hard um, to find I feel like sometimes we don't have to do it alone, especially if we find a group of people who love our books already, you know? Which
0: is something Tamara does. That's how we met, is Uh, co oping like working together. And mm -hmm. I, I think that it's important for, like, I like that we touched on this because the business of what we do as authors is complicated and like any job, there's parts of it that we like less than mm-hmm. other parts but it's important when we are in that sort of phase where we're spending a lot like I try to do my marketing and stuff on a specific day for instance try to because mm-hmm. it's not my favorite so I don't want to have to do it every day but I can get through that day of or a couple days or whatever it is doing the thing I don't like so much because the rest of my time can be spent doing the thing that mm-hmm. it's all about the thing that actually right. brings joy and um and like Tamara said with her definition of joy which was that it was a a more lasting feeling with where where happiness and unhappiness happens you know because life mm-hmm. is happening if you're generally moving and forward and doing the things that make you happy the overall um outcome is a life mm-hmm. of joy, right? Yeah. Did mm-hmm. I, did I sum that up right for you? Tamara? I is think that that's right? perfect. Yes, yes,
1: absolutely. Perfect. Uh, that was that really good. what you said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yes.
0: Thank you so much for, this was a fun conversation. Um, and I just love how every, every single one of these is different and I love it. Um, mm-hmm. Thank you for talking with me about being a mom and, Finding your yeah. own joy within that very important calling of being a mom and because mm-hmm. I think that a lot of people will relate to that and be grateful for what you said. So do you have your anything- welcome?
1: and I just wanted to say thank you to you because i really I really appreciate this opportunity to be able to just talk about these things that are like really important to me and um you know, like motherhood and writing or and being a wife. <laughs> Yeah. Or, like, really, <laughs> not, <laughs> not to put, push my husband aside. Actually, I don't think I would be where I am if it weren't for him. So, um, but I just really appreciate this opportunity to be able to talk about these things that are like so important to me. You're
0: welcome. Thank you for saying yes. Um, I don't know when this particular episode will air. And I also hope that I'll, like. you know, I'm sure as any good marketer does, I shall recycle this, this particular episode down the line. But um, I, you said yes, at a time when I'm just starting out. And, mm-hmm. and it, your, your time is precious. You've got a lot going on to take the time to do this with me. And, and we ended up talking for a lot longer than I told Tamara we were talking for. So, um, so I'm very grateful to you. And do you have any last things that you would like to say to the audience
1: um the only thing i can think of and i think we've already said this is to find your own joy wherever that is crochet that's a good parting let's that's good Mm -hmm. let's leave it at that that's all
0: right it's our own little mission that we have to do so go forth and find
1: it (laughs) go forth and find joy
0: (laughs) yep Thanks for joining us, Tamara, and thank you to everyone who's listening. Um, We really appreciate you being here and sharing this conversation with us. Bye, everyone. All right. Bye.